How I Became a Ghost, Chapter 19, Naomi Meets the Ghost. My father is a hunter, so is my brother Luke. They know the tracks of every animal and beast in the woods and swamps. As I left the woods with my body, I saw Luke tap my father on the shoulder and point to the ground. My father nodded. They both saw the panther tracks mixed with those of the wolf. Joseph's secret was no longer a secret to my family. They knew Joseph was the panther. While my family began their slow walk, Joseph and I returned to the Choctaw Council wagon. At nightfall, while the others finished their meal, Nani Huma ambled to the river. He was looking for us. I'm over here, Joseph said from his hiding spot in the bushes. Where is our friend? Nani Huma asked. Isaac is dead, Joseph said. A wolf attacked him. His family is carrying his body. Oh, Joseph, Nani Huma moaned. Will the suffering ever be over? Before you tell the others this, others know this, Joseph said. Isaac always knew he would never reach our new home alive. He knew he would become a ghost. Now that it has happened, he is not afraid. His pain is over. He is with us now and will stay with us till we rescue Naomi. You are a brave young man, Nani Huma said. When we were alone again, Joseph lifted his palms and asked, are you with me? Yes, I assured him and floated into view. No reason to wait. Let's go, he said. The river curved away from the road. We left the riverbank and entered a thicket of oak trees. Joseph crept quietly till we saw the flickering light of the soldier's campfire. She's in the middle wagon, Joseph said. Easier to keep an eye on her there, I thought. Isaac, he said. The soldiers would see me before I reached her wagon, or they'd catch me when she cried out. She doesn't know me. She doesn't know me either, I said, but I knew what he was thinking. No, Joseph said, but you can climb into the wagon without being seen, and you can whisper so soft she'll listen to you. No Choctaw would scream to, gr to drive a ghost away, you know that. This is a job for you. I knew he was right. Okay. I said, but stay close. I'll be right here, but what are you worried about? He was right. What did I have to worry about? That's when I realized for the first time that the soldiers couldn't hurt me. I was already dead. Maybe being a ghost wasn't so bad after all. With my newfound courage, I walked to the soldiers' campfire. I sat down next to the man who had passed out the smallpox blankets. He could not see me, of course. A young man was scooping beef stew from a large kettle and filling their bowls. He was Luke's age, more or less, but his arms were long and thin. His black hair was cut short, and I could see he was Choctaw. Where's Naomi? I asked myself. I thought she was with their helper. Dumb me, of course. This was Naomi, dressed like a teenage boy with short-cut hair. I have to be smarter than this, I told myself. Hey, don't be so stingy, shouted a skinny soldier with a long, pointy nose. Give me more stew, and where's the bread? Naomi took his bowl and refilled it. She hurried to the bread basket and, ha and then handed over the thick chunks of cornbread to every soldier. That's better, said Pointy Nose. I waited and watched. The steam rose from the stew pot, but I couldn't smell a thing. Once Naomi tripped and splashed stew on my face, I jumped, out of habit, but I didn't feel anything, no blistery, burning skin. When supper was over, the lead soldier stood up. 
He had curly black hair and a thick chest. I knew he would be a tough man to beat in a fight. He also had a serious look on his face. All right, we have another long day tomorrow, he said. Let's go to bed. The others finished off the remaining stew and unrolled their blankets. I saw that some slept in the wagons, others on the ground by the fire. Those must be the guards, I thought. Who's got first watch? Leader asked. Not me, said Pointy Nose. I'll take it, a short, round soldier said. The other guards took off their boots and slipped under their blankets. Round man rolled a log by the fire and sat down. His shotgun lay across his lap. Moving among the soldiers should be easy. I knew that. But I also knew I had to be careful. If I knocked anything over or made too much noise, they would look for somebody sneaking around their camp. I knew these men wouldn't care if they shot the right man or not. The closest Choctaw to their camp might end up dead because of me. It might be Nanahuma, and I wondered, Nanahuma wandering by the river at night. I couldn't live with myself if that happened. Naomi gathered the dirty bowls and stood by the campfire. The logs burned low and the embers sparkled in the dark night air. I heard frogs calling from the river. Pointy Nose brought her a bucket of water, and Naomi washed the bowls. Let's go, Leader said to Naomi. She followed him to the middle-covered wagon, and they climbed aboard. He's tying her up with a rope, I thought. I decided not to wait. When everyone was sleeping, any noise would alert the guards. Now was the time. I tiptoed to the middle wagon. <clears throat> the wagon bed was high off the ground. Normally, I would have grabbed the rear board and swung my legs onto the wagon bed, but that would make too much noise. I slid one arm over the rear board and scooted on my belly like a snake, trying to lift myself on the wagon. I fell through the wagon bed and hit the ground below. I jumped to my feet and got ready to run. Nobody moved. Nobody had heard me. I tried to climb on the wagon again, but I kept falling to the ground. Isaac. Mr. Jonah said, and he was laughing. You need to remember you are a ghost. You can't grab or move anything. You can't knock anything over. Don't worry about that. How can I get inside the wagon then? I asked. Being a ghost was not so easy after all. It's easier than you think, he said. Just imagine where you want to be, and you're there. Do I close my eyes like before? You can if you want to, he said, still laughing but nobody else does. Okay, I said. I am inside the wagon. And I was. Mr. Jonah was gone, and I floated above Naomi. She lay curled up in a corner, her feet and hands tied to a thick nail. The ropes that bound her were short, forcing her to lie in the same spot. If she grew sore, she couldn't roll over like everybody else does when they sleep. I hovered above her and watched for a long moment, her face was buried in her hands, and she was crying. Naomi, I finally whispered. What took you so long? She said. 